Who you got on the Super Bowl, guys? I got Chiefs. Sean, I know you got a lot of money on this game. <laughs> Where are you putting it? I'll, I'll, maybe I'll put it on the other team. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. If your business paper needs or Dundamip, then the people versus paper people Dundamip, then the people versus paper people Dundamip, then the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and your number two guy, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, delegate from Iceland. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Oh, no! Mr. Bill! (laughs) SNL, when they pull him apart, he would always get rolled over by something. Nice to meet (laughs) you. Nice to meet you, too. (laughs) every week we get together and talk about our favorite show nbc's the office uh this week uh, once we cover our main topic we're gonna have a little conference room um to uh talk about uh the uh the new brian baumgartner podcast that's going to be coming out we're talking about uh this john krasinski snl sketch that uh, happened recently and a couple other things, uh, but today's main I topic is... We have a new segment we're introducing, Sean. A new true. segment that we'll be introducing, yes. Stick around for that. Ordinary things. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, uh, this week's main topic is Office Olympics, Season 2, Episode 3, directed by Paul Feig, written by Michael Schur. Sure. I feel like we haven't said those guys' name in a while, names in a while. Feig um, and Schur. <laughs> Feig and Schur. Feig and Schur. That was the delegate from Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> that is a- <laughs> Lars Fiegenscher, <laughs> Commissioner of Flonkerton. <laughs> uh, and it aired uh, October 4th, 2005. Mm. Um, this is uh, this is one of my favorite episodes of all time. I think uh, same goes for you guys. No, 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 <laughs> no. I don't love no. Office Olympics. I'm going to come no, right out don't? of the gate really? and tell you it's 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 great. It's good. Well, it's good. All right. It's we'll a get good into it. Well, episode. I really like Office Olympics. I think. Oh wow! In, uh, in some of our, <laughs> some of our, uh, what a hot take! Uh, in some of our single episode focused episodes of this podcast, we have focused a little bit on the later seasons in recent weeks and months, uh, and we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about one from earlier on in the show. And I think this is a great example. We get the first cold open. We get some really great Michael and Dwight. Uh, we also get the office ensemble without Michael in the room. Uh, so it's a pretty it's a pretty unique episode. I, yeah. I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying I don't like Office Olympics. I really like this episode. I just I just don't like I love I don't love it the way I love other not, episodes. That's you don't like like it. I understand. I don't like like yeah. it. I like it. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Office Office Olympics. The first appearance of Moe's, uh, played by Michael Schur, who wrote this episode. Uh, the In great. a photo via photograph. Via yeah. photograph. And that's all we get. Not Shrew Farms, a, <laughs> or at least not taste. what it ends up being. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, like Edwin was saying, this is an earlier episode, so it uh, it it it's really nice to return to early Office. Uh, it's my favorite time um, in the Office series. Uh, you get things like uh, everyone is bored. That doesn't really happen in seasons seven, eight, and nine. Just because there's so many story arcs and so many, so much drama always going on that uh, there's never a dull moment um, in the later seasons. But the whole motivation for Office Olympics is that Jim dies of boredom and Pam needs to to rescue them. So mm-hmm. um, he also goes on a little. He kind of goes on a tour of the office, uh, finding yeah. what everyone does when they're bored, uh, which is a nice little way to set the whole thing up is sort of starts getting ideas from everyone. Everyone has their own little way of coping with the day to day at their desk. Yeah. That's very true. That is one of the first kind of office tours that we get mm-hmm. is Jim going to the different apartments and getting to see everyone kind of in their element. Uh, I think, too. To go off your point, Sean, it, the way you said it made it sound like you're so excited to see boredom on screen. Oh, finally, <laughs> boredom. This is what I've been looking for. Uh, but I do agree nothingness. that <laughs> I do agree that the early uh, 
first couple scenes of The Office, there's a lot of moments where The Office breathes. You hear mm. the copier, that those Office Zen sounds uh, yes. for referencing that Peacock channel. A lot of that comes in the early seasons um, where some of the little moments don't necessarily push the plot along to the same extent that they do later on in the show, where it's so congested with so many characters and trying to, you know, you've got C and D and E storylines in some episodes. So uh, it is nice to have, uh, to let the episode breathe a little bit. Yeah. And this one is just, it is page flipping back and forth of Michael buying a condo, the office dealing with their boredom. It's very simple, very straightforward. We've gotten a question before that was like, what, if you could spend a day in the office, what episode would you pick to spend a oh, day a in the question. office? I think this would be a great day to spend a day in the office. There's no, <laughs> no, Michael. Not, yeah, there's no Michael. Um, but yeah, everyone's just having fun and you get to go all around the whole office. Uh, it's too bad. They didn't go down to the warehouse. Might have been a, a fun one to see. Um, Heck of a uh, venue. Games they play down there for the games. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, they do. Um, I'll take the basketball. Yeah, yeah game. what kind of games do you question. think they have down in the warehouse? Basketball, that would be it. <laughs> That's the day I would yeah. want to be at the office just you, to play some yeah. games. and napping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you there's so place. many types of games. I feel like there's something you could do with that big fan. Like you like try and you try and blow something into a target. You know, like you throw hey, it Darryl, up. And it, <laughs> you ever do this? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and before we get into uh, into the plot of this episode too much, some fun facts about this episode are that uh, Office Olympics, the idea for this episode was born, uh, w- came from King of the Hill. In the writing offices for King of the Hill or the production offices, they would have Office Olympics. Oh, interesting. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's yeah, a lot of King of the Hill writers. Involved Paul Lieberstein yeah. and King of the Hill, man, such a great show. I just started going back and watching it for the first time ever. I love it. Oh, my God. Yes, it's so great. good. Um, the introduction of Mose in this episode. Mose is based off of a real guy named Mose from Amish in the City. I'm sure we've mentioned that before. We have but talked I, about this. Yeah. But I did go and watch the at least one clip on YouTube of him um, going into the ocean for the first time ever and almost drowning. <laughs> I, I know we covered this. We covered this territory before. I'm amazed that that's the inspiration because I actually kind of remember watching that show when it was on TV. <laughs> it looks like a fun show. It looks like one that would be fun to go back and watch. I wonder if they were real fans of it and they and they all watched it or or what. Mm-hmm. In addition to the introduction of Moe's, it's also the first mention of Shrewd Farms. Yes. Yeah, we hear yes. we hear Dwight describe it in little pieces while Michael's buying his condo. You know, and the way he wants to get out of. At Michael asking him to be his roommate is like I live in a nine, I live in a nine bedroom farmhouse. I have my own crossbow range. It's perfect. For <laughs> the two bathrooms would be nice. We only have the one <laughs> under the porch. Nine bedrooms, one bath. <laughs> <laughs> Tough place to stay if you're a guest at Shoot Farms. Sean, do you have any other fun facts, or should we jump into Michael and Dwight? I think let's jump this. in. I do really love that you get Michael and Dwight kind of off on their own for this one. And Dwight is really enjoying his time with Michael. Uh, and, and Michael goes through so much uh, in the in trying to decide uh, whether or not he wants to sign these papers. I do love Dwight uh, walking around and inspecting the property. That's such a fun side of Dwight. <laughs> we get to see it again in cocktails, um, mm-hmm. this sort of habit he has. And it's sort of like I, I have a, a shout out to my friend, uh, my friend Winslow, I know he listens to the show, but he was very much that role for me when I like bought my first car. I was like, Winslow, can you just come with me? Cause you know about cars and you're going to ask the right questions and I don't know what I'm doing. And ultimately uh, it's ended up saving me some money because uh, Winslow was able to go. The clutch is about to burn out on this car. You're going to buy, you should ask for 500 bucks off so you can replace the clutch. And that's exactly what happened after owning nice. the car for about two months. So, uh, wow. Sometimes it's nice to have a representative like, like Dwight is here. So shout out to Winslow. What's up, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uh, Dwight, though, is the right guy to bring along. My goodness. Uh, just heart. <laughs> it can go. It could go very wrong. <laughs> Although um, Dwight will sh- Dwight will shoot you straight. He won't he won't uh, sugarcoat anything that he sees. Hey, look, no. carpenter ants. Carpenter ants yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be paying this off in your 70s. It's yeah, he doesn't help Michael out uh, by feel- making him feel better. But, you know, but you, yeah, you're right, Edwin. You don't want that sometimes. 
I love a, a moment with with Dwight as uh, where they're where they're telling Michael that uh, the neighborhood is gay friendly and Michael's like, oh, that's that's good. And he's you can tell he's a little he hasn't quite figured out why they're telling him this yet. And then Dwight just leans in. Let's check out the master bedroom. <laughs> and You could see <laughs> Michael figures it out. Um these these walls are paper thin. Paper thin. <laughs> There's also okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. In the rain, and then so he says the paper thin, and we hear someone practicing like bass or cello, cello. next door, mm-hmm. right? Honestly, in the scale of instruments that a next door neighbor is practicing, cello's not a terrible one if you had to pick. Mm-hmm. Much better than trumpet or clarinet or something screechier. Have mm-hmm. you guys ever had someone who plays an instrument next door? Or that's not good at an instrument next door. See, see, I was gonna say, I it, at our old apartment, uh, the guy who lived across from us played trumpet, and he played it beautifully. Oh, that's nice. It was okay. always cool. I, thank God. It was great. Uh, thank God. Mm-hmm. I used to hear singing from one of my upstairs neighbors that I don't, I don't think lives in my building anymore. But that was pretty nice. They were good at singing. Oh, that's good. <laughs> these, are all, these are all very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be. I would almost be more worried about the dad who's like, "I don't hear you practicing." <laughs> You're right. That guy's gonna get annoying. You're right. That's worse. I uh, I do love too that Dwight is concerned about not being seen with Michael, so he has to take down the top. Uh, he puts on his Terminator sunglasses. Like I love that that Dwight is is really enjoying this time with Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know, and and we'll we'll talk about this later too. That Alex and I both both recently bought our own our own places. But uh, the idea that Michael doesn't know which condo is his yeah. is also very worrisome. A lot of alarming. He things. really hasn't thought about this enough. He doesn't know exactly which one's his. He's not clear on the terms of the agreement as far as the length of his mortgage. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of this is surprising, by the way. Michael Scott, again, inattention. Right. And impulsive attention, detail, impulsivity. These are his his hallmarks. Um, right. When you see the street he's on and the row of condos, I just it was a nice little stroke by the writers because I I'm guessing when they started writing this episode, it was like Michael buys a house, and it was like no no no, Michael buys a condo. There's just something about it being a condo <laughs> that makes a little more sense for Michael Scott because he's mm-hmm. still like, and he is. I mean, he is a homeowner. That's what owning a condo is. Uh, but he just like. Clearly, I don't think he put much thought into this. He just decided to well, to buy. There's something about the condo that's like a reasonable, you know, purchase. But you know that Michael has these romantic fantasies about it, that he's going to be like a grandpa, like pushing his grandkid yeah. on a swing. His grandkids are going to learn to walk. Right it's like, this is not the place for that. <laughs> no, not at all. This this episode is such an episode of first. I think this is a this is a good example of Michael's. We see Michael's poor decision making uh, and and uh, train of thought or lack thereof in a lot of the early episodes of The Office, but we don't necessarily see it in his personal life until we get to a moment like this. Uh, and even when even in the Dundies, which is just a couple episodes prior, uh, he's still with everyone from The Office at, at what is kind of a corporate event. So to see him. Uh, bring it into his personal life is kind of a first because we see that a lot later on. I think too, this is one of the first that we get where Michael is sitting at his desk talking to the camera and Dwight is standing behind him, (laughs) diversifying, smart, being kind of the the enforcer role, that number two right behind Michael over his shoulder, which is uh, such a classic sort of framing within within the office. Yeah, there's that great, when they're getting ready to leave and like Dwight's like, can I come with you please? Like, and and he's like handing him his cell phone. You you, you touched on that, Edwin, about like this first outing that they have. And you're right that up through the show until this point, I mean, the only times we've seen like Michael and Dwight doing so, like in basketball, like Michael's chastising everyone in season one uh, when he makes Dwight, you know, pick like the healthcare, all this stuff. And then in the Dundies, he's just, again, chastising Dwight for not being a good host with him. And he's very hard on Dwight. And you're right that in this time, when we see them out and about, Dwight is just relishing the fact that they're, they're friends, they're buddies, you know, let's put the top down, all this sort of stuff that, uh, uh, keeps playing out through season two. And one, one of the best parts of season two is it's still that young part of the relationship between Dwight and Michael, where it's still very much a boss and a worker, but they think they're both think they're friends. Hey, check it out. 
Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> I do not know what you spend your money on. Yeah, that's a weird, <laughs> like, the way I also of all people the, to say that the physical the way that Dwight kind of sneaks the sunglasses on after he puts the he puts the top down <laughs> and the way he puts the glasses on or like he's been thinking about this for quite a while. To, for this moment to happen, very funny. I, I do love too when uh, when Michael uh, try he offers Dwight the opportunity to live in the condo. There's that dynamic of of Michael not wanting Dwight around until he needs him, and then he realizes that he really needs him. And then when Dwight does something to rub him the wrong way, you know, offer revoked. He makes that noise. I'm not going to try to make it here, but he impersonates the the, the what is it like the megaphone or the foghorn so well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. He does such a good job. It's like a shot it. clock buzzer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's this perfect uh, offer revoked, and, and and an instance of Dwight, like who does this several times throughout the show, which is not play all the cards like that he has. Like he kind of keeps it close to the vest, and he wants to convince the other person to make the decision. It's very manipulative. He does this again in Niagara with the hotel room situation, where he plays he plays on Michael right away with the whole like, oh, I got the wrong reservation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he and, and this is such early Dwight, and he's so clearly rather than just being like, "No thanks, I'm good, Michael." He wants to make Michael revoke the offer because he does it. It's very yeah. like he's he's one step ahead he's of like, Michael. Frankly, already. I'm relieved. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, I've always wondered when Dwight says, "Actually," and I had spoken to Teresa about a room with two safes. <laughs> I always wondered what both safes were for. <laughs> I know. What is he Weapons, going to? Probably. What is he going At to least one. With? Yeah. Oh my god! I also love too. Speaking of not playing all those cards, when um they're talking about the terrarium, and Michael mm. says it's an aquarium, do I kind of like looks back at the camera? I do love that where he's yeah, sure, Michael. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then the large collection of armoires. Yes, yes, <laughs> which are basically wardrobes. Is it just a fancy way of saying wardrobe? Like, yeah, I think so. What's the difference, but he inherited them from his grandparents. It was a, it's a weird like. Mm-hmm. Well, how many? How many of these do you have? Why? It is so great to see like how in one episode when you see them both thinking the other is is stupid and needs the other one, you yes. know, like yep. it just makes you think of the, like all those times that Dwight is just trying to give Michael good advice. Michael, look, at, don't stand directly under the icicles. When you look at them. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such, there's, such He's a so patient comedy duo. Yeah. Such yeah. a perfect comedy duo. He does it in Survivor Man with Michael again, where he's just kind of playing one step ahead. He even does it without Michael. He does it with Pam with the building codes, you know, with, mm-hmm. with getting her to come to him and say, hey, you're in violation. He's very good at this. Uh, and this is the first example mm-hmm. we really see it, see it at play. Yeah. And then, too, I think, uh, unless you guys have more to say about it, I think I love the, how it kind of ends with the two of them sitting cross-legged in Michael's bedroom, I think, eating Subway. Well, no, Michael's mm-hmm. eating a burrito. Oh, it's a burrito. And then okay. Dwight's eating Dwight's a sandwich. Eating a sandwich. So I'm like, yeah. where did they go? Hmm. Yeah. Where did they go? Can you imagine those poor saps back at the office today? <laughs> Cut to Speaking nice of transition. the poor saps. Yes, back at the office. Uh let's let's go back to the office Olympics. So um, you know, like I said, Jim dies of boredom. Pam takes it on herself to rescue him. So she reveals that she Occasionally, when she's bored, she will throw try to throw things into Dwight's coffee mug, which I didn't I wouldn't have thought that Pam picks on Dwight this much early on. Right. Just throwing junk into his coffee mug. She takes a message for Dwight and gives it to Jim to crumple up and throw. Um, uh, But uh, but then this gives uh, Jim the idea to go around and see what other people are doing. We get we learn about hate ball, hate ball and accounting. (laughs) <laughs> because Angela hates it. Um, he does the whole thing with Pam, but then when he goes to ask Oscar a question about expense reports, he, he sees the 2005 schedule. So he mm-hmm. he, right. he does that with Pam, yeah. and it's whatever, and then he goes about his day, and then he discovers, oh, Oscar has a thing too. Oh, Kevin has a thing. Oh, Toby has a thing, and they start telling each other. Um, and right. he, the, yeah, the you should go ask goes, Toby about Dunderball. Yeah. Yeah. Dunderball seems really yeah. boring, by the way. I don't get it. It's just, <laughs> just they're just really quickly throwing the ball to each other off the wall. I think it's just you just try and keep it going. If you can't throw it back or if mm. you can't catch it, you you lose. But uh, um, and then this inspires them to come up with entirely new games like Flunkerton. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one line I didn't catch uh, until this rewatch was uh, Jim telling them to uh, slide their foot into the strap and he goes 
Just slide your foot right in there, right into the flunk there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Names the straps. Yeah, that's the good. flunk. That's good. Within uh, Office First, I do feel like this is the first time that we kind of get to see the ensemble together without Michael there. And I think that's pretty noteworthy just because we get to see the characters show their personalities a little bit yep. more. Uh, so much of the Office over the nine seasons is the ensemble coming into its own and then becoming kind of the star of the show, especially after Michael leaves. Um, and we really get like the first glimpses of people's personalities. We get a little bit more from Angela. We get more from Stanley, from Phyllis. Uh, yeah, I have a game. It's called Work Hard so my children can go to college. It's such a perfect Stanley line. When Phyllis comes around the door frame, when Jim's asking if anyone wants to challenge Kevin at Flockerton, <laughs> yes. I'll do it. The way she yeah. slyly, she, yeah, it's it's so. an incredible line, incredibly delivered. Uh, it's like, yeah, and you then, know what? There's and, a little more stank to Phyllis than you realized. And yeah, same with Angela. I mean, even Jim calls it out. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. You calling me a hoe? <laughs> yeah. Phyllis coming alive. I like it. <laughs> I know Oscar and Kevin that they're like, oh, they're they're having a little more fun than we realized back there. Uh, Angela's mm-hmm. having. As much fun as we thought she was back there. Kevin pouring the M&Ms into his mouth. Yeah, no All right, one. no one else should even try. <laughs> yeah. I do wish Daryl had been more involved in this episode. I wish he'd come up to ask a question oh, yeah. and gotten involved. And uh, yeah. he could have been like, guys, come down. Like, I got, we already got a stadium down here. You know, they could have had a mm-hmm. whole whole thing going. But mm-hmm. I digress. Or if Creed had a game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Green's game is growing mung beans. Yeah, too. Or <laughs> Meredith is how many, how much she can drink during the day without being caught. <laughs> um, I think that uh, the the they're racing around the office when when Michael comes in and yep. this is when uh, everyone's like, oh shoot, you know, this is when we realize like, yeah, everyone's still oh, just afraid of Michael. It's but the Jim coffee mug carry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they're oh, like yeah, running with the it. coffee yeah, mug. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Jim doesn't even care. He's ready to like keep going with this, even in front of Michael, just because this is the most fun he's ever had in the office. And this is something that's that's the kind of genius of this episode and, and, and of the early office in general is, you know, on its face, it's this episode where they're basically just different scenes of them playing games but they do manage to lay a lot of dna for the show in this episode and tug on sort of those larger storylines mainly the way we see angela talk to pam about you know keeping count of how often jim goes up or jim pong how often he goes up to or pam pong sorry he goes up to reception throughout the day and pam's aware oh people i'm not hiding this like people can see this connection that jim and i have Uh, so we we actually start to see that and of course we get just Jim's DNA of like he gives a crap when it's not about this like uh, of, of, sort of sort of this like the more removed from this job he is the more happy uh, Jim seems to be all these things are sort of played out in really subtle ways in this episode that's I think it's important to bring up that you know that Angela says that she plays Pam Pong uh, and um, that uh, Pam sees Ryan throwing the medals away mm-hmm. um, and he's just kind of like what like I, like I'm gonna keep it um it's what those moments make the end of this episode that much more special that Pam and Jim overcome that those defeats and say, you know what? Screw those people. We think this is we think this is fun. And so that's why I think that in terms of mushy moments in the show, the end of this episode is earned and that, you know, when they give Michael the medal for closing on his condo and they roll out the doves. This is actually a really sweet <laughs> moment in the show. Michael's genuinely as touched. somebody who doesn't, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As as someone who doesn't like those moments, uh, um, uh, this one gets me. I, I like this one. My heart soars with the eagle's nest. <laughs> it is interesting to see Michael pulled into kind of a fun scheme to that waste time that isn't of his own creation, mm. because normally so much of those things are are his own doing Something's but at happening. the end yeah to, to be pulled in and then to be given an award uh is pretty cool it's kind of a flip of the dundies who's gonna give kevin the award at dunkin donuts there's there's a nice flip of that where uh, michael gets to get the gold medal and he well and the tears well up in his eyes and then uh we have the doves we have the star spangled banner because michael's from america uh it's just a really nice moment 
I mean, that's the thing. Michael making this move, it's like one of his first next steps into adulthood, even though he's an adult, um, mm-hmm. at least how he sees it. Uh, the, the first I mean, of many, and by the time he leaves, he's completed this vision that he talks about of, you know, watching. I'm, I'm going to assume Michael has grandkids one day, but he, he, you know, that's what he's sitting in the street looking at his condo of like, I want a wife, I want kids, I want all these things. And by the end of the show, he has it. And this is the first thing he does is close on this condo that, you know, there's a few twists and turns along the way. Shout out to Serenity by Jan. Uh, <laughs> his condo's, by the way, his condo's bigger than I realized. Like you, you kind of like, it looks kind of small, or it looks like he's basically bought a small apartment, but three bedrooms. Gonna guess two baths, and probably. I guess it's worth pointing out too that this is definitely not the same condo, right? The kitchen and dining room look different. Oh, than what we see in Dinner Party. Yeah, and in. Um... Michael, Michael Scott, Scott Paper Company. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah, too. I mean, it's like, you know, it's not the Shroot Farms we see in the picture either. They're just, they just need locations at this point. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because mm-hmm. it's just like, they don't know how long the show is going to last when they're making it at this point. Right. They're just yeah. Like, yeah. Just go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. Yeah. Because we don't come back to this house until season five, this condo. Season four. Season four is what. No, I no, 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 no. We, <laughs> we see the condo uh, later in season two when the trick or treaters come by that's true ah very good very good good catch. some creepy cameraman follows michael home and films him through the door <laughs> at a distance <laughs> uh one other thing i wanted to mention uh, about jim is i feel like this version of jim is very season two which he's he's very charismatic and he's leading the office but he's bringing people along with him and we see this here we see this in uh the fire i think we don't see this as much later on where the office kind of plays on this idea that people don't think Jim is as cool as he seems to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of times like this, Jim is also so disconnected. He doesn't care. He's kind of flippant about the other moments. Like I'm thinking of in beach games, he doesn't really show the same sort of passion uh, about having fun uh, or uh, just in other moments, he's not nearly as engaged. And I think this version of Jim is pretty unique because it's kind of important to frame it. Like that's what Jim can be in terms of, and Pam says it that, uh, you know, he, he gets people excited and uh, when Jim is really engaged, but unfortunately Jim works here. So that rarely happens. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just think it's important to highlight this version of Jim. Agreed. Yes. We still haven't done a Jim episode. That's going to be I know. A yeah. Could be oh a two-parter. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. We're almost 100 episodes deep and yeah. I know. We're still, there's a lot of characters we still have to do. Anyway, <clears throat> that's for another um, time. Speaking of characters that we haven't talked about yet, Nancy Walls guest stars in this episode as Michael's realtor, Carol. Um, and of course, uh, Nancy and Steve Carell are married in real life. Um, and uh, <laughs> but it is fun to watch this episode and think about how the, these two are going to wind up together a little later on in the show. <laughs> Just to think about how I wouldn't she, date this guy. <laughs> I would not date this guy. I think that she knows she wouldn't date this guy. I mean, maybe she thinks that he's cute or something like that. But I mean, to she assumes that he's gay right off the bat because he comes with Dwight. Um, she, uh, you know, watches him record. freak out over over this and learns that he clearly didn't understand the the terms of the the contract. It just goes to show you, too, like that, you know, later when she sees him at Michael's birthday party at the hockey rink and just sees that he's good with kids and stuff like that, that she's probably, you know, she's she's making this compromise <laughs> in her mind. Maybe that's like, well, maybe he's a good guy. And then, and then how that must all come rushing back to her when <laughs> she sees the Photoshopped ski trip card and realizes, Oh my, okay. What mm-hmm. am I doing? Well, he sees <laughs> he's also, Go ahead. he's also very charming in casino night. Pam gives that's him true. that Pam gives him that extra runway to get that terrible introduction out of the way. So he's uh, much more charming uh, and uh, in, in that episode as well when they kind of get together. Right. Any any other thoughts on one note from the fun, when he when he's closing on the condo and the, when he's sort of having the crisis of like, oh, my God, what am I doing? The way he sort of knocks the little plate off the stove. That's yeah, a little burner. Thing. Yeah, the, yeah. The burner <laughs> oh, God, is a great. It's like, that's <laughs> not. And then he's like, these ceilings are lower. And the face that Carol makes as if. They lower the ceilings between yeah. the place and close. It's so funny. 
Where are all the hot people? Yes. <laughs> I was promised. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's he's in it for the long term there, for sure. I think this episode is just so well balanced. It's it's early in the run. Uh, so we get so many good firsts, uh, so many important moments. We get to get the tour of the office. I think this is such an important uh, episode early on. It's, it feels very pure as far as offense essence. Oh, you know? very. Yeah, definitely. And then he sells this house later on eBay. For 80% of what he paid. <laughs> the buyer was very motivated. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just a couple other moments from the show that we didn't really mention. Cold open. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Michael has uh, <laughs> has Ryan bring him a, a Egg McMuffin sandwich um, and and clearly wants Ryan to recreate scenes from Risky Business. <laughs> where pants he's off, take, run around. Take yeah. your pants off, run around. Whatever you got to uh, do. Uh, and then for for the longest time, my favorite quote from The Office was, Michael is like Mozart and I'm like Mozart's friend. No, I'm like Butch Cassidy and Michael is like Mozart. You mess with Mo Mozart, you're going to get a bullet in the head, courtesy of Butch Cassidy. <laughs> One of that, my favorites. That is a great cold open. And it's, you know, I, I am a night owl and also a bit of an early bird. So I'm very wise and I have worms. Uh, I... I was, you know, I was watching the, this cold open and I had a thought that's not necessarily related to this episode, but thinking about the fact that this episode first came out and I think you said 2005, right, Sean? Mm -hmm. Or yes, 2004? Sir. Yeah. Yep. And thinking that maybe part of the reason that The Office feels so timeless compared to some of the other shows that were out around this time is because all of the characters are wearing like business attire. They're wearing right. suits or, uh, or at least like a jacket and tie and a coat. And Maybe maybe that's part of the reason that it feel, it still has that same appeal of relevance is because the characters still look like they could be dressed like that today. You know, Definitely. does it? You you don't you wouldn't look at the characters in the way they're dressed and think that looks old or dated. Uh, just just an idea that I had. Does that that's does that make sense? True. What do you guys? Yeah, think? no, that's a good point. I you know I wonder when, I wonder when it will feel dated because you're absolutely right. These are all very normal clothes. You could walk into a paper company today and mm -hmm. people would be dressed like this i assume are there still paper companies there must be no <laughs> paper supply companies <laughs> i'm sure yeah if you work at a paper supply company right into the show let us know i i <laughs> we order paper from uh, kelly paper right here in portland hey Oregon all right all the time so over on uh, hawthorne our new and sponsor. you just said no and you just said no there are no paper companies <laughs> it was a joke guys do you see maybe they'll sponsor our show Kelly yeah. Paper? Yeah. Hey, that's a great idea. <laughs> you get a discount code when you order paper if you listen to the show. <laughs> Enter MSPC at checkout. Any other uh, any other thoughts? On yeah. Uh, shout out to the Shroots paying off that 15 year uh, early on the beef oh, yeah. farm. Good for them. 60 mm -hmm. acres. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the, no mention of them running uh, a bed and breakfast out of it yet, but we can assume that's to come. I also... Agree with Michael that no one likes beets. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you too. I don't, I like, don't beets like beets either. I like beets. <laughs> Good man. I like borscht. I like pickled beets. Yeah, you love it. You're he said wearing like, a maroon you sweatshirt. Sick man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you have a beet colored sweatshirt on. There's a. I think this restaurant's closed now, sadly. But there's a. There was a restaurant called Trinket on on uh, Caesar Chavez uh, in Portland that did a beat bloody mary mm. so boy good. that's disgusting <laughs> uh that's good man did jim give himself bronze in the medal ceremony yeah i believe so dwight yeah dwight got the His silver vice number two yeah. yeah weird move jim weird <laughs> we didn't see him Just compete trying. in anything but yeah uh, i mm -hmm. guess he still got a medal i feel like bronze should have gone to phyllis yeah, yeah, I'd be pissed if I was. Or at least we saw, like, we see Phyllis win something. We see Kevin win one of the competitions. Yeah, uh, Phyllis also is in the the horse competition. Mm -hmm. You calling me a hoe? Oh, is that trash talk from Phyllis? Yeah. Uh, Ryan wins something where they're, they're guessing about like who had someone from Vance Refrigeration. Oh yeah, from the elevator. In the yeah. elevator. Uh, and we see, and then we don't get any resolution oh, yeah, in one. the Oscar Toby coffee race. That's true. It just ends. Although Oscar seems to spill coffee, so I feel like he might have been disqualified. You know, I'm. I hope they they measure the amount of liquid at the end of the race. Is my guess is how they <laughs> determine the winner there. Uh, very, very Survivor esque competition. 
I was just gonna say we've been watching rewatching old seasons of, like, of Survivor. The most liquid at the end of this wins. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard not to think of Dwight in AARM. Come on, the boss needs his coffee with the hot coffee, and he's just running through the chairs and spilling all over himself. <laughs> this coffee is very cold. <laughs> <laughs> Well, great episode. Uh, good yeah, job, guys. good, good work, everybody. It's time <laughs> to move on to conference room. This is the I segment where we self-congratulate ourselves on a job well done. Yay. Yay! Conference room, get in there right now, right now. Conference room. <laughs> Topic: Hopefully, let's go. Okay, so for this week's conference room, we're going to take a look at the uh, John Krasinski hosted SNL a couple weeks ago. We're a little late to the party on this uh, based on the cadence of our recording, but I did want to uh, mention this moment with uh, John Krasinski and the office theme. You guys have, and we wanted to talk about it in this episode because neither of you guys have seen this, correct? No. Yeah, no. Okay, so the premise of the sketch is uh, characters singing their own theme songs. So why don't you play it, Alex, and and we'll see what you guys think. John Krasinski sings the long-lost lyrics to the original Office theme song, which he wrote himself. Scranton, 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 Scranton. That where we all live and work, that's a calculator, there's Dwight. He's the bad guy, and the hero's name is him. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Excellent. That's hilarious. <laughs> Scranton. I imagine by when this comes out, a lot of uh, our listeners will have heard that, but I wanted to get your guys' reactions to it. Just yeah, that's, that's awesome. Well, we all, that's of course, we know that, that John Krasinski filmed those shots when he's driving into Scranton. Himself, yeah. And maybe he, that's what he was that's singing right. to himself in that video, in the actual footage. <laughs> maybe that's the audio. Is him going, Scranton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's good. That whole I'm sure I watched the rest of that sketch up. up to that point. Really good stuff. Really good stuff in there. Yeah, it's funny. I'm sure other people have made up lyrics to go with the Office theme song as well. Oh, I just at home. I wonder if, if you if you have send them in. We're gonna get a dozen oh, emails yeah. just from that prompt, Edwin, of people. I hope we do. Yeah, we had. Um, that would be awesome. Someone else followed up with the person who did the the like um, Hans Zimmer version of the Office theme. Aaron. Yeah. And, friend of the pod yeah of like hey i need to get in touch with this person so uh gigs are getting gigs are getting done through with uh, you, michael scott cool. I, fans did, maybe is that a different thing because i just responded i just put him in touch yeah today with a lady who wants to play it at her wedding yeah yeah that's what oh I'm my god <laughs> yeah that's amazing that's, yeah I, I I I just emailed them together to just say, hey, okay, you guys got to talk. That's so funny. Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. And I hope to hear more about that because <laughs> I think she's gonna have people playing the theme song when they walk down. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I I hope we hear more about that. Uh, more about that wedding from Ashlyn. Congratulations, Ashlyn. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, and then for our well actually corner, um, where people can send us corrections, we welcome it. Um, in our Meredith episode, uh, my sends us a message um, and says that uh, in re-listening to our Meredith episode, the the, the the trivia question about the comic book that Pam writes for Jim, we said it was called Bear Man. It's actually called The Adventures of Jimmy Halpert. Oh, just want to correct that. Set the record straight. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you already know what you want to hear. <laughs> it's also a derivative of a little serial called Bear Man. <laughs> well, let's move on to uh, another topic uh, about Brian Baumgartner. Uh, by the time this episode debuts, I think this will have been up for a couple days, but uh, Brian Baumgartner is uh, launching another uh, a follow-up to an oral history of The Office called uh, The Office Deep Dive with Brian Baumgartner, which is, um, I believe, extended interviews that they use to create an oral history of The Office. So uh, so I actually think that the way this will come out, at least from what I've read, is that it will be interviews that he used to create an oral history of The Office. And I think something else that we should mention, uh, this is kind of interesting. Um, somebody sent us this, but this is true. So I guess uh, Brian Baumgartner did a Reddit AMA about an oral history of The Office. And he mentioned the Andy Green book and he says, um, 
I have not read the book. It was written, you understand, by someone who was not on the inside, and he did not interview the majority of the people who were on or worked on the show. He simply found old interviews and simply, and simply interpreting quotes. Uh, Baumgartner wrote, every quote he attributed to me was something I said at some point, but not to him, and potentially taken out of context, which is kind of interesting. Mm. I know we've talked about the Andy mm. Green book a lot on our show, and I think, I mean, I think personally, it's still like a, a valuable resource for Office fans, but um I think that's really interesting to think about the oral history of the office as well. And Brian Baumgartner being very intentional in how he puts his projects together. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's another interesting dynamic. More office content. Yep. I'm excited. So much. I loved, I loved Brian's uh, um, oral history of the office. That's a great podcast. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I'm sure like an extended interview, like think about an extended interview with someone like Steve Carell, you know, who doesn't oh, yeah. necessarily talk about the office all the time. Uh, I'm excited for that. Really looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Shall we do our new segment? Yeah. Do you want me to run it? Because I, I mean, I've only got a couple questions here. But sure. Yeah. Let's sounds do great. It. All right. In lieu of trivia this week, we're going to try a new segment called what we're going to call Ordinary Things, which is a couple questions about our lives inspired by uh, the topic of this show. So from mm -hmm. uh, from Office Olympics, we Wait, have let's, a couple. Let's put in a little background noise, just like we do with trivia. Okay. There we go. A little office ambience for you boys. Mm. Scranton. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he, so here's the first question. Uh, do you have a time where you invented games around the office or around the house? Yes. Uh, at our old house, Sean, we used to live together with some yes. friends. And we invented a game on the back patio called Limball. And we're not going to go, I don't want to go too deep into why it's called that or how. It gets really weird, but basically it was... It's because... It's very strange, yeah. <laughs> it was played with a soccer ball and then a bunch and then a, a bunch of Halloween ball. limbs. <laughs> like an arm and a leg. We... It was after... We, we threw a Halloween party and we had a bunch of leftover decorations laying around, including severed body parts that were for the Halloween party <laughs> that were just sort of laying around the patio. And then we had a little futsal ball and the way our patio was constructed, there were three small openings that you could walk through to get in and out of the patio and we found it's oh, like a little little arena you can play one versus one versus one soccer futsal basically where you're just trying to score on the other two, one of the other two goals also there's a bunch of just body limbs in the arena that are just distractions <laughs> like, that just yeah, cause a little that, extra stuff but no they we did fold them into the rules like if you picked yeah. up the hand you could then use your hand to block the ball not just your feet and if you picked up right. the foot and if you scored by kicking it through with the foot, you got double points. So we did actually right, incorporate right. the limbs, uh, but you're right that it was an arena and people could stand on the brick uh, ledge around the arena and watch it. Like it was like, <laughs> honestly, like you're looking down at a gambling pit, yelling yeah. at everyone who's playing. It was I remember exciting. playing that game at your house. What was the, the thing that you would say when we start, when you start? It was like, I declare a limb it ball. Was like one, you two, remember that? Yeah, something, something uh, two. I declare a limb ball. And the yeah. person who was <laughs> the person who was about to play next, like we stood in line and whoever got scored on was out and a new person would then come to defend that goal. Mm -hmm. And whoever was next would throw the ball into the middle along with the limbs to start the game. And so it was always <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> All this is to say oh an absurd, crazy game that was so much fun. And it actually kind of worked up a sweat. Like it was actually a little bit of a workout. Um, Definitely. Yeah. that I think that's probably the biggest hit as far as a home invented homespun game uh, that, that we've created. Anything else you in, guys did? In that house... We also didn't have internet for two or three weeks. Oh yeah! And I remember, I remember we decided one day, or when we first moved in, we were like, "This is not going to be like a college house. We should make this house nice." <laughs> and then the next day, I came home, and you and Mitch had taken the sleeve to a Star Wars VHS trilogy, and duct taped a beer coaster on the bottom of it and then taped that to the fridge and we're throwing bottle caps across the room into it like it was a hoop. That, that's 100% <laughs> accurate. Uh, we, <laughs> this was also like one of the first houses we all moved into like after college and we were like, okay, like, and we were like, all right, no, let's not smoke weed inside the house so it doesn't just always kind of smell like weed. Let's not decorate with liquor bottles. Let's not do all this sort of stuff. And we did some of that, but in other ways, it was just a college house, but now we're not yeah. in college. And uh, that game was part of it. And yeah, then, well, coaster flipping. I was going to say that 
that was a fun two weeks without internet when we moved in. Yeah. But we did a thing where we'd line up coasters along the edge of a table, and then you'd try and like hit them up, and you'd flip them and then catch them after they flipped once. And there is a video that Kaz took of me. I got three at once. I put three next to each other. I hit, flipped them all. I caught two in my hands and the third one in my mouth. A perfect yeah. flip on my first try. And he yeah. got it on video. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to find, find Kaz and see if he has that still. And uh, I'll put that on Twitter. Every time I went over there, there was something new going on. Always something new. Yeah. So we did the coaster flipping. We did Limball. Uh, you had a ping pong table. Oh, ping pong. Classic. Yeah. I, yeah. We invented many variants of ping pong. Counts, yeah. counts, counts. Two bounce. Counts, three counts, bounce. counts is just <laughs> the game never ends. Like so, any hit, yeah. any hit ends, and it's you just whack it into the backyard. You're like counts, counts, counts. And you just have to run and get it. And... But it happened until you couldn't hit it back anymore. So yeah. it was like it did end. You try and get like you know 200 volleys in, but it, you, anything played, any surface played. Oh. Edwin, did you invent any games? around your house i mean nothing that would compare to that i don't feel like i can follow that <laughs> yeah it's a lot in this episode michael closes on his condo talk about it t talk about you guys uh, do you guys have any stories closing on your condos in your life yes i was i was gonna say that that for us closing on this house my I, my mom was the dwight in that scenario <laughs> where i was just constantly getting messages from her about her concerns about the house. <laughs> one of them, one time, she just sent me a screenshot of like the crimes committed in the area in the last year, which was three. And <laughs> just that screenshot, no, me no message. Wow. And I was just like, I was just like, oh. That's kind of ominous. And then I, I looked up my apartment and we had like 26 crimes in the last year. <laughs> And so I screenshotted that and I sent it to her. And then she said, great, now I'm even more worried. <laughs> and I was just like, what does that mean? <laughs> we're moving to a safer place. We're fine here and we're moving to a safer place. So that was what I dealt with for, you know, about a month and a half as we were trying to close on the house. Wow, that's great. <laughs> Uh, I don't have anything quite like that, but when Anna and I closed on this house, it was the week of like March 11th, 13th last year. It was the week that the shutdown happened. And literally from our meeting with our realtor to assemble the paperwork to when we met, uh, we, we saw the house and then had another meeting to start signing papers when we closed. That was the transition of normal walk into an office, have the meeting, and then by the time we closed on the house, it was like masks, sanitizer, no one knows what's oh. happening, is the world about to end, there's no bread yeah. at the grocery store. Like That was that week. Yeah. And we're like, what are we doing? Are we buying? Why are we buying this house? And so Anna and I collectively had that moment Michael has of just going like, Aah! and wondering, <laughs> what are we doing? And turns out yeah. it was a good a good choice but we really had no a lot kidding. of conversations of like do we back out of this and it was like if we do we lose like five grand it's just like michael <laughs> michael back out of this now <laughs> uh so yeah that was just the worst the craziest week to buy a house was, was that week no kidding no you know kidding. I, I remember that i've got a story it's not like a property closing story but uh our friend uh, our friend colin when he moved into his apartment when he moved back to portland he bought a couch and he was living in this newer building and there was only one elevator big enough to carry furniture up. And when people would move in, they would book the elevator for a day. So when Colin's couch showed up, he couldn't get into that elevator. The other elevator was too small. The movers from the company didn't help him. They just left the couch in the lobby. So he was just there with a couch in the middle of his lobby. <laughs> and the people at the front desk were of no help. All of his neighbors are walking by just looking at this guy with a couch in his lobby and he called <laughs> us trying to get help. And so I went to help him move the couch and we had to move the couch up the back stairs of his building. Yeah. It was like that scene from Friends. Pivot. It was like Pivot. that. Yeah. I was trying to navigate. I think Sean, you were there. I was there well. too. Because I, <laughs> I was working at home and like I got two missed calls from Colin and then the text started coming in. That was like, please somebody come and help me. Yeah. This is my nightmare. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was the kind of thing where, when you when you help someone move, you know, you're not invested in, in you know, it, or when you are moving yourself, you're so invested in your things and your property, and this is your whole day that you're committed to. Like when you come in to help, you're not in, you don't have the same level of investment, so you can kind of help without yeah. being stressed out about it. So like when we yeah, got there, we were able cube. to help. But yeah, Holland Cube, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Perfect, perfect analogy. Uh, yeah, uh, we, man, you really should have a Twitter's account. Uh, but it was just a funny moment where we had to kind of, Carla was just standing there with a couch in the middle of the lobby and we had to go help. You mentioned Colin saying, this is my nightmare. You yeah. know how some people say like, oh, so-and-so is a man of few words. I was like, Colin's a man of many nightmares. <laughs> 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 Love Colin. Speaking of Colin, Colin, if uh, hey, <laughs> as he's uh, been known before, I think he's called him before. Uh, yeah, it's Colin. Uh, it was Colin, Colin, calling. That was the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Colin, Colin, calling. We did that. Once. Uh, you can call us. You can call us and uh, leave us a message, and we love to play him on the show. Our number is five zero three six nine four nine three one four. You can email us ms mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. I'm going to say right now that we are running low on listener-provided trivia, so if you've been thinking about sitting down and making some trivia for us, that would be, now's the time to do it. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. And you can join us on patreon.com slash Scott. Become a Scott's Tot, five bucks a month. You support the show. Um, together, we do a donation to the Third Good Marshall College Fund. Uh, there's an extra episode, bonus mailbag episode for you every month if you're a Patreon subscriber. And we do our very best to answer every single question that we get on Patreon. Or if you um, send us a few, we'll, we'll answer at least a couple. Um, uh, so please, uh, if you if you're saying if you've like listened to all of the episodes that we have for free and you're dying for more, there's more episodes if you join Patreon. <laughs> um, so special thanks to all our Patreon supporters and special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who helps us with our social media and designs all our artwork. Uh, this episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon over video chat. Thank you, as always, for listening. We truly appreciate it. We love interacting with everyone. Um, you all get uh, yogurt lids, uh, mm. but you have to be careful because the gold is also the bronze, which is actually blue. So just keep that in mind. Uh, no but flipping. we really, truly appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Poppy, give me the up. Yes, yes, sir. sir. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.